Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mockney. And I'm Drama Geek. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. It's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we're watching. The link is in our show notes. And today, Drama Geek and I are going to have a cozy chat about the awesome, amazing, heartwarming Chinese drama, Go Ahead. We spent two weeks binge-watching this drama, and we absolutely adored it. And just as a word of warning, there will be some mild spoilers, but not enough to ruin your enjoyment of the story. I'm actually kind of sad that this is just a cozy chat because nobody else has watched. Nobody, well, we finished, so but nobody else watched it with us. Like <laughs> I know. We've been kind of... Uh, I think talking about it a lot, but we tried not we to did. be like too annoying, <laughs> but <laughs> well, then it was just the two of us talking like that's when I was making the outline for this podcast, I went through our conversations for the last two weeks and it just brought back all the feelings that I'd had about the podcast. Cause we had just, it was very much you and I going, Oh, didn't you love this? And Oh, didn't you love this? So. Yes. And me going, Oh, I'm almost finished. And then having things come up and then you going, I finished and me not being happy with you. (laughs) (laughs) But you still like me, so we're okay. I do. (laughs) I was able to finish, I think like two days later, but, um, we've had, uh, really toxic smoke air. So it was one of those, like, I wanted to enjoy it and really savor those last, I think I had four episodes and I didn't want to just watch it just to watch it. So I like waited until I felt well enough that I was like, okay, I'm going to really be able to enjoy these, these people that like, ugh, became part, like they're just like the family and everything. I just loved them so much. And for people who listen to our podcast a lot, I don't actually finish Chinese dramas that often. <laughs> like I start a lot cause they'll be like, Oh, that looks nice. That looks cute. That looks good. And then I tend to get to about episode 20 and then I'm, I stop watching, (laughs) (laughs) but with this one, I think I binged, um, about 18 to 20 episodes and I should find who, um, I'll probably put their, their handle in the, in the show notes or something, because somebody actually suggested this show to us and Mm -hmm. on the kimchi, uh, Twitter feed. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go check it out. And then I think I watched three episodes and then within a 24 to 48 hour period, I was caught up to almost episode 20. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. You were like, you were like, um, so I just pushed play on 18 and I was pretty sure I hadn't even started. (laughs) So before, so anybody, um, that hasn't seen any previews or if you're just like, oh, I've never heard of this drama before, um, go ahead is, to sum it up is really about, uh, two families, or I guess it's technically three because the, the children are all, all three kids are from three different, um, families. And so they all have different dads and different moms and everything. There's no like steps or anything. And they all, because of tragic circumstances or just life circumstances end up being, uh, raised together, um, and grow up together. And then later on in life, they come back, um, together. And then of course there's romance and, and, uh, um, from all different angles and everything. And, 
mainly I would say that this drama is about the family. There's two dads, the three kids, and how they're able to survive childhood and grow up together and become really well-functioning. Some of them not as high <laughs> as well-functioning, but <laughs> by the end of the drama, we, we get to where people are healing and moving past um, some of the, the childhood trauma and everything. So that's kind of a vague summary <laughs> of what the drama is about, but it's a found family drama. If you like those, it's kind of a different type of one because of how the families end up forming. Um, it's not necessarily something you always see in, uh, an Asian drama, but it, the uniqueness of it is part of what made it so special. Yeah. And if it, if this was set in a Western setting, you know, one of the dads, he would have adopted those kids so fast, but it works better this way. And I think just the whole story structure of the found family and kind of the whole thing is almost fighting against traditional culture mm -hmm. in order to be a family and to be loved. And so I really enjoyed that. It was also a little bit slice of life, but at the same time, not like you got a sense of their daily life. But the way the timeline worked and the way the story was written, you weren't. Because I've watched some Chinese high school dramas where it almost felt like sitting through high school. Mm. And while you got a sense of their high school life. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I really liked those characters. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So in this one, in Go Ahead, while you get a sense of their life at high school and stuff, really, like you said, it centers around their home and around their family. And when they all go their different ways and when they come back together. And it's just, it's very satisfying to watch them grow and change and still turn towards each other. I, they were very, um, all of them were pretty grounded characters and even the, the love situations and everything was always all very grounded and not necessarily the like, oops, I slipped and fell and kissed you or <laughs> none of the, that kind of thing. It was just all very much growing up together, depending on each other, being there for each other and then growing up into adults. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was very little cheesy there. There's the, I was telling my 15-year-old about this one scene where once they hit kind of high school, because you have them as little kids and then mm -hmm. high school and then post-college. Oh, and the little girl. The other two as young kids are, are, are cute and decent actors, but the little girl that plays her is just a spunky little cute <laughs> kid. She's so adorable and naughty, she, but <laughs> yeah, she is. She's adorable. Yeah. And then seven tan plays her the grown up. And I was telling my daughter about when she, you know, she's about to start high school cause she's two years, two years younger than the boys. Mm -hmm. And so she comes up to breakfast and plants her foot on the chair and says, guess what? I have news. And they're like, what is that? And she's like, I got my period. <laughs> they're all <laughs> like, like, huh? Okay. Um, I don't need not to at the table here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were all like not anywhere because it's the it's her dad and the two boys that she's telling uh, and, this to, and the other dad. So yes, she's got the four males in her found family. Oh, is he there too? I can't remember if he was uh -huh, there too. But he was he's, there too. Dinners and dogs. food are a a big theme in this um, show as well. And I, one of the things with our family is that I mean, we're busy and we all have our different areas of the house that we do things and throughout the day and everything. But one of the things that we've always kept, um, consistent is that we don't eat dinner 
or eat meals in our living room or in our bedrooms or any of that kind of stuff. We always come together at the table and eat dinner together. And that was one of those things that in this show that the, the dad, you know, the dad might be busy, the you know kids might be busy, but like it really centered around that, like they came together and they ate together and it was a time of, it was like a really sweet time. Like every time they were on screen and they were eating dinner, it was always like, I was like, Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And they just, cause it was definitely a time of connection for them. Yeah. Which makes sense because Noodle Shop Dad, and you'll have to forgive us because Chinese names are difficult, but Noodle Shop Dad always cooked for them and he's the heart of it. And so to have everything centered around food and connection makes sense because Mm -hmm. he is the heart of this drama. He is, yes. I could watch him cook all day. (laughs) I know. I love those shots of him just cooking by himself in his tiny little kitchen because he's always thinking through some problem. And you could tell just how much care he was putting into the food, but at the same time, he was just thinking through something. There's just, ah, I love this drama so much. I, I, my, um, we want to go get some cookbooks now. Cause I'm like, I have got to learn how to make some of these soups. Cause he does a lot of soups and stuff and they just showed the process. And I'm just like, Oh, there's a new drama that we're watching a Chinese drama. <laughs> They're also cooking and it's not as much as many like traditional Chinese dishes that she's cooking, but still I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are these people doing to me? <laughs> like <laughs> I need to learn how to cook better. They just want us to eat well. They do. They're showing us what we're missing. Yeah. All right. So speaking of missing, one of the keys in this drama is the missing moms. And, you know, Shakespeare did it first. There were, I had a professor who heard her dissertation was all about the missing moms in Shakespeare. And you Mm. look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, because none of these plays would have happened if the moms had stayed. Right. And that's true to this one. Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting thing. If some of the moms came back and it, there was still a ton of drama. <laughs> okay. But, this, so, I'm just going to say it right here. The writer has mommy issues. <laughs> like It, it kind of feels like that. So if like, you have a hard time with moms that are really hard to take, you might not enjoy the drama as much. Like, mm-hmm. although the dads make up for it. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a balance. These are like some of the best dads in drama land and some of the worst moms. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Cause we have one mom, we have one mom who made the decision to put her life at risk instead yeah. of getting a surgery that she needed during pregnancy. Yeah. And so she ended up passing away. We have one mom who, um, she lost a child and was in deep depression and possibly postpartum depression as well. It sounded like possibly. Yeah. She, that's the other thing about this drama and I know keep jumping to different topics, but they introduce mental health and that people actually have it. And there is, there is actually scenes where the, they talk about what the, one of the characters, um, Ling Zhao, which is the big, big brother, um, mm-hmm. he is sending him to psychiatrists to seek out help. Now that doesn't ever happen. So they introduce the idea of mental health and the possibility that you could seek out help for it, but it's never carried through in a healthy manner. So I'll give them props <laughs> for like introducing <laughs> it and well. even talking about it, but mm-hmm. they definitely don't at any stage of this drama have anybody go and seek out the help that they want. So some of the moms, like the, the mom that is the, um, the cop's wife and the big brother, his mom 
she really needed many, many times throughout the drama to possibly be on medication or seek out help or even, you know, be checked into a hospital or whatever. And that doesn't happen, but that's how she ends up leaving and the story continues. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean, if you look at it that way, because they embrace kind of the common attitude towards mental health, Oh, I don't need help. And then we see the consequences of it. Right. Yeah. So in a way it's a very subtle push to, Hey, if you're having problems, go fix it and don't end up like these people. Yeah. Anyway, and then we have our last mom, um, Zeke's mom, little big brother's mom. Yeah. And she just, she was trying to just make a better life and went somewhere else to find a job and then just never came Came back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, (laughs) so all three of our, so Jen Jen, which is the youngest, the girl, her mom's the one that died. And then you have little big brother, his mom just abandoned him and like, left him to somebody that's not even a relative, like noodle shop. Dad had no ties to him at all. And so he takes him in and then you have a uh, big brother, his dad, his mom was the one who uh, was in deep depression after her child died. And she left and left at least left him with his father, but you know, so yeah. <laughs> well, and technically she gave, she gave him to Jan Jen too. She did. So. She did. She's like, I'm leaving. And he's like, well, then I'm taking him. He's mine now. Like, she, <laughs> she was six. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took it literally. He really did. <laughs> he did mm-hmm. That was not, he was like, oh, okay. I belong to her from now on. Yeah. So th- that's the, the moms all have different stages of, horribleness and in an extension to them a lot of the other characters have moms or grandmas or the neighborhood grandma and all of them tend to be overbearing and meddlesome like mm-hmm. i don't know if there was a chill mom in the show at all like there were just was it second aunt um, yeah yeah little big brother's second aunt he comes close she does she she, yeah close. she yeah. she does there's a period of time where you're like oh my gosh stop it yeah <laughs> you're making me feel bad but yeah she was she was the closest to being an okay mom character in it but yeah okay so we have these moms the shakespearean disappearing moms and then we have these two dads who um they live the the police dad and and the wife and then uh, their child moved upstairs at the beginning of the show from uh, the noodle shop dad and the daughter. And after the mom leaves, or even while the mom's there, because there's a lot of arguing, a lot of stuff going on while she's, I mean, again, she's suffering from depression and she's having a really hard time. And so the kid, the little big, the little brother, the big brother, sorry, Ling yeah. Zhao, he <laughs> sits on the steps and then he ends up getting invited down to dinner all the time. And so again, food is this avenue of reaching out and in the dad noodle shop, dad, he, that's how he communicates to the world, I think, and how he shows love. So Mm -hmm. he, you know, the noodle shop, dad takes in that child kind of sort of in that way, even when the mom's there. And then when she leaves, he kind of bears the uh, the responsibility of feeding them and making sure that they're in school and stuff because the cop dad is working all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have the uh, little big brother. He is abandoned. And so then he gets adopted 
by the noodle shop dad. And so noodle shop dad is, yeah, noodle shop dad is like the center of the family The he owns a, a restaurant. So he runs a restaurant and he takes care of the three kids. He makes sure that they have meals and everything. And even though the police dad gets flack for it throughout the whole drama, he doesn't disappear. He doesn't abandon anybody. He just works really hard. He'll come home from a long day of work. He takes off his shoes at the dad, you know, shop's dad's place and he eats dinner with them and he converses and he asks how their day was and he gives them birthday presents. So like he's a really hardworking parent who just can't be there as often as the other dad is, but they're both there for the kids and raise the kid. Like some of my favorite scenes are of the two dads deciding on what to do with their children. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, so it's like they talk it out. Like they're kind of like a married couple, but they're not, you know, it's platonic They're, but it's amazing and awesome. Well, and I love too, that they kind of, they crack jokes about noodle shop dad kind of being the mom in the family, just because the kids all confide in him Mm -hmm. and they all come to him first. But, and, even police dad, like it cracked me up the first time he walked in and they showed him tucking money in noodle shop dad's apron. I know. <laughs> it was so cute. Well, and that's what like, oh, he gets flat. He's like, Oh, you just paid him to raise them. And he's like, no, he provided money as a part of like, Hey, you cook for my, my child all the time. And mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of compensating you for that. But they, if you really were involved in their lives, you would see that they co-parented. Yeah, whatever that looks like. Yeah, they partnered together and they raised those three kids and all three of them. The police dad didn't just come down and pay attention to his own child. He raised Mm -hmm. the other two the same, too. They were all three uh, neighborhood friends and like siblings. Then they liked that's that they, you know, big brother, little big brother and, you know, sister and everything. But of Mm -hmm. course, for later on in the drama, you have to distinguish that. Yes, they were a family, but they were also kids who were not related, raised together. And, you know, the one of the Ling Zhao, he didn't live with them. He lived upstairs, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I love it when <laughs> little big brother, he's got the stick with the padding on the end so he can bang on the ceiling to let big brother know that dinner, breakfast is ready. Uh, there's a scene late in the drama, which I won't. I don't think it really ruins anything, but he does it again later on. And it was just one of those moments where it was like, oh, it just showed like, okay, we're back together as a family kind of coming back yeah. together. And it was very sweet because they hadn't yeah. done it in a really long time. So, and it was, it was kind of their point of reconnection and everybody back together. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that I really liked about the dads is that they had expectations for how the kids would behave uh-huh. and they backed each other up. Like they just, they were such a good partnership. Yeah. And, and out of all of the parental units within the show, they were the ones that it's like, whatever your dream, like, uh, Jan Jan, she was one of the one, the, the main, she was the most stable as she became an adult. And she was the one that like, this is my dream. I want to do wood carvings and stuff. Maybe it's not going to like make me rich or anything, but that's what I want to do. And they backed her up and, Mm -hmm. and she was able to kind of seek out her dream and all of the other kids within the drama, even the friends, cause there's two girls, uh, later on that have that their parents come into play and everything. And it's like everybody else's parents was pushing them to do what they wanted them to do. 
and her dad's just kind of like, and, and the kids, like, cause the, the boys, they also weren't pushed in any direction of what they, the dads wanted them to do. They kind of just let them choose for themselves. And there was something that, that I can't remember exactly the phrase that the one dad, but of course I want what my child wants. And other parents would just kind of look at him like, I don't, it doesn't, con- that doesn't compute. <laughs> right. Well, he said something about letting the kids make their, their own decisions yeah. and everybody just stared at him like he was crazy. But the point is, and this is kind of how I'm raising my kids too. You teach them the best that you can. You teach them correct principles, correct behaviors, and then you let them make their own decisions because how can you know that you've taught them well if you don't let them fly on their own? It's so hard, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was something else I was going to say about the dads. Hang on a second. Well, I guess I just, I love noodle shop dad and we'll get to this later, mm-hmm. but he's just, he is absolutely the heart of this drama and his, his character doesn't necessarily grow or change all that much in my opinion. Right. But he doesn't need to. No, he's the, st- he's the stable. He, he's hard on himself and he doesn't realize how important and how much he really did a great job. And, and it, he just takes anybody in there's later on in the drama. It's just that he takes some people in and that would be a spoiler, but just the naturalness of like picking this child up and like taking them in. And it's just like, of course he's going to do that because that's mm-hmm. just what he does. Like he, he doesn't think twice about it. And he's like, all I could ever give, you know, cause he's not rich. He doesn't, he couldn't send his kids off to study abroad or whatever. He's not rich. He just had what he had and he worked himself to the bone, um, to give them what he could give them. But like he gave them exactly what they needed. He gave them a home that had food and warmth and love. And, um, he did it in a time when being a single dad and trying to do it all on his own, I mean, the neighborhood ladies tried to hook a man up so many times, <laughs> which I mean, hey, he is an amazing catch. So I get it. But like, mm-hmm. you know, he he was they the two dads were both just kind of like, eh, we're fine with just the way that it is. Like we're we're doing what we're doing and and we love our kids and this is the way that it is. And I don't need a wife to come in and try to, you know, raise try to manage. Yeah, things. try to manage things. Yeah. We, we, we've got it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. Okay. I could go on forever. I about know. Noodle shop <laughs> keep yeah. All right. So next we have the kids. So we have Jen Jen, who is sister and the daughter of noodle shop dad. Mm-hmm. Then we have Zikui or Zikui, who is little big brother. Mm-hmm. And he's the one whose mom left. And then we have Ling Zhao, who is big brother. Yeah. And um, little sister, Jan Jan, she is just she is just a ball of sunshine. She is. And you can't like every relationship she had, whether it was her friend later on in life when she was at the sh- the her uh, the shop that she opened up the wood carving business, or any like I just love the way that she handled people and interacted and everything. Well, and I think too the best part she was a ball of sunshine, but she was still smart. She mm-hmm. was smart about people. And she was smart about running her business. She wasn't, because it would be very easy to take her character and make her gullible and yeah. laugh at all her dumb little mistakes. But instead, she was just 
We were worried. I remember you and I were a little worried because in high school she was just so goofy, but she really mellowed out as an adult. She still kept that sunshine, mm-hmm. but she just, she was wiser and she had a depth to her that we didn't expect, but that really added to her character and made us love her a lot. Yeah. She was very grounded and again, in high school, she was just kind of very, um, boisterous. I don't know if that's the right word or whatever, but it's a good word. Yeah, yeah. she was. But when we got to the the next stage, her character actually really, uh, connected with me in that level because like I, um, when I was in college, like I'd only gone to a semester of college and then I moved away to Alaska and my, my sister was there and I was there with her for a little bit for a couple of years. And then I moved to Arizona and lived there. And then now after meeting my husband, I've moved up to Portland, but I, I don't have any of my, my, my side of the family that lives here in this area. All my family lives like in Arkansas and Texas and um, Arizona. And so I have to establish relationships with people from far away And I'm very much like her. She kind of handled it where it's like my daily life runs really well. And that's what makes me be able to handle the fact that I miss the people that are far away. And that's how I deal with it. Like, you know, you just kind of live your daily life. And sometimes you can kind of look back and go, oh, wow, I haven't talked to this person in a long time or that person in a long time. And that, you know, it's like, but that's kind of how she was dealing with her brothers being gone and not having date, you know, them right there living with her anymore. And I like, there was definitely a, some moments where it was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I totally get her. Like mm-hmm. I understand her. <laughs> yeah. But, well, and it was easy to see after they, cause they disconnected after high school and then it took them nine years, I think to all reconnect. It did. And then, and it, so there were different periods of time where it's more slice of life. And then there's other periods of time where it was like, Oh my gosh, can one more thing go wrong? It was <laughs> right. like, and the separation from high school and where they go off to college and stuff, that was definitely like, uh, uh, full of mocking, which I know is Korean term, but like, it was definitely like an accident after accident, after tragedy, after like, it was like, what on earth else could happen to these poor boys? Um, I know. but so a bunch of stuff happens to them where they both leave, uh, their hometown and go off and abandon her is kind of a good word to describe how she felt about it and how she oh, re- yeah. reacted. She eventually was able to kind of connect with them and still keep a relationship long distance, but it took a little bit for her to kind of get over the, like, you're both just leaving me to at the same time for your other thing. You know, it was just like, she, she did have a hard time with it, but, um, a lot of stuff happens (laughs) during that. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of stuff, but well, and I totally understood her when she got mad because yeah, they were separated those years. And even though they kind of connected, I mean, it's kind of like, I have a brother who lives in Southern Utah, just in Podunkville. And we were not real tight growing up. And then we had a period of time where we got kind of closer after our parents divorced and stuff and then just separated again. And we still, every once in a while, we'll trade the occasional text and that's it. And we're content with that. But I could see where when the, 
you have a close relationship like she did with her her not brothers, mm-hmm. how that would just be devastating and would be so difficult when they came back to accept that they had come back and that they were going to stay. She was so afraid that they were going to leave her again. Yeah, yeah. She had some, she had to work through her abandonment stuff, which I mean, and again, each one of them have um, their own mommy issues. And so her, her, her mom died when she was, I think four or five or something like that. Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she was really young when her mom died. And so she just kind of takes that into like, Oh, you're just going to leave me. Okay. Then I'm just going to keep going about my life and, and not think about it. Um, but, uh, little big brother, his character, um, I would say it probably was the most frustrating for me at some times because he was just so stinking <laughs> stubborn. Like he right? was very stubborn and very um, didn't want to take help from anybody, even to the very end. Like you, there, he opens a, a cake shop or whatever, and there's different periods of time throughout that process of him running the cake shop that he just, it's just like, oh my gosh, just listen to people that are giving you good advice. It doesn't mean you have right? to take pity, that, you know, take charity from them. Just listen to them. But that was his <laughs> character. And then um, Big Brother, he uh, was the quieter, more stoic. Um, the director or the stylist really liked putting him in shirts that had the front open and they like his collarbones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he rivaled Lee <laughs> Eamon Ho's deep V. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, there was a lot of that. He's pretty dreamy. And it, with him, he, um, his character I felt like was very easy for me to understand as well. He didn't frustrate me. Um, the way that the, and, and when I say frustrated, it was a, it's a, in, a lovable frustration for the younger brother, but you know, they, um, although they were in the same grade, so I don't know why one was big brother and one was little big brother, but they had to do with their height. <laughs> maybe the, maybe cause the other one, the actor, he's, he's a model at some point in time in his career. I'm pretty sure you looked that up, but you know, he's, he, so that it's possible it's their height, but he's definitely the, the, the more serious one. And she always got in trouble with little big brother. They'd always go and she loves sweets. And so they'd go and sneak stuff. And the, the older one, I was always like, you guys stop being bad. <laughs> so he <laughs> really was. He a dentist. <laughs> yeah. The, they both picked their careers kind of around her, I think. <laughs> but, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I or mean, his career had to do with the fact that the, the, the show was hawking uh, or selling um, toothbrushes. toothbrushes. Yes. That was a big product placement within the drama. <laughs> I thought it worked. Well, and it little did. big brother too, I, his, his desire to connect because his one overriding desire was to be part of a family. He just never felt like he was part of a family, even growing up with noodle shop dad, like yeah. he was just desperate. And so he learned from noodle shop dad to show his love through food. Cause mm-hmm. I noticed growing up, he was the one that would go help noodle shop dad in the kitchen yeah. all the time. He was the one there helping prep food. The other two helped sometimes, but he was the consistent one. Yeah. And so I think he was just showing his love and his desire for connection through food the way that he knew how, and that was to have a cake shop. Well, and his biggest desire was also to take care of them. He wanted to go away and become something and then come back and take care of noodle shop dad and Jan Jan. And it was funny cause he didn't include big brother in that scope 
it was just that they've taken care of me all my life. They had, they, I was dumped on them and they had to take care of me. And now I want to come back and take care of them was Mm kind of his driving force. So he had a very strong, strong sense of filial responsibility. Yes. Yep. He did. All right. So I think on our question and answer, we've already answered why noodle shop dad is the best dad in all of drama land right now. (laughs) Well, he is. I just, I want to say one more thing. Okay. Okay. So there is a scene where second, this is kind of early on when second aunt to little big brother is just picking on him again and saying, you need to show respect. You need to do all these things. Noodle shop dad, who's kind of (laughs) drunk, he gets up and he's like, I love this child. He is my son and he is doing just fine and you need to leave him alone. I was just like, oh, you're my favorite. This yeah. Is it. You're you need my to favorite. stop making him feel bad for the way that I take for me taking care of him because I don't take care of him out and want him to be this devoted, perfect gravel at my feet son because I'm taking care of him. I just want him to be my son because he and that was his his biggest thing is because, um, you know, the daughter was his, but yeah. he kept having to fight for people to just acknowledge these two are my kids too. Like they, I love them. They're my children and they're part of my family and stop acting like they owe me anything for it. Cause I just do it because I love them. Yeah. That scene. I remember that scene. I was just like, Oh my God. And that's when the, this, the aunt finally kind of realized, okay, I need to back off. I need to not make him feel guilty, you know, for taking, you know, being taken care of by other people. But so, yeah, he's, um, he's his, his theme throughout the drama a lot was that all I ever, all I can do for them is cook for them and everybody else on the other side, including the people in the drummers like, but well, the kids and stuff It's like, but that's, that's what, that's the best thing. Like you show your love that way that, you know, you do so much more, but even just the cooking for us is, is part of the love that you show and that's enough, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so true. Oh, I had another thought and it tried to run away from me again. Hang on a second. <laughs> My mom always said her memory disappeared at 40 and I hate it, but she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know. I think when I had kids, it started disappearing after that <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell my kids that all the time oh I remember my point okay okay so there is just in a way noodle shop dad because you know it's not necessarily in Asian culture to adopt other children mm. or do and that's why people keep criticizing him but he's such a quiet rebel in his own way yeah yeah that he is that he chooses and fights for his right to parent these children yeah so yeah I like rebels and this is like the best kind of rebel mm-hmm. so all right, so our next Q&A question is, is the romance, and this is a spoiler, a spoiler and yet not really a spoiler. Yeah. If you see <laughs> any a, of the preview, the, the opening sequence, the opening yeah. Credits, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is the romance between Jan Jan and Big Brother believable? And I say yes. It took me, I mean, I could kind of see it because they did a very good job the writer and the director just bringing those two together. Like she was always the one to go get him when he was tiny and his kids were, or his parents were fighting. She was the one that went and got him every time. Like her dad let her and she insisted and she just, her world kind of started revolving around him at that time. Mm -hmm. And then you just saw even through the growing up, like she would play with little big brother, but her, 
the center of her universe was always Big Brother. And not in the sappy, you know, he's my world way, but just the, she always had to touch base with him. She always had to be kind of in his orbit. Yeah. And they just, they continue that. And so it made it more, it gave it more depth when I thought about it when he left and not of his own volition. Right. When he left and she felt so abandoned because that was just her center. And I don't think she even realized that he was her center until he started talking to her. And like, there's this one time when she's studying in high school and he's making her study mm-hmm. and he just, you know, he smacks her on the back of the head gently, just kind of a, Hey, do your homework and quit stalling. And she's like, I'm going to lose brain cells. Who's going to marry me then? He's like, I will. Yeah. <laughs> and just the look she gives him like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, they build on that too, because at one point, and this just melted me, my heart was just, he finally convinces her, he traps her and makes her look him in the eye. And he's like, I am your person. And it's just like, oh yeah, you always have been. Yeah. And she's always been yours. And it's about time y'all realize that. <laughs> well, I think they did a really good job at when they aged them to high school. You can tell from the moment that you start seeing the older actors interact with each other, that he's already seeing her as a woman and not as a sister. Like he, and he tells her later on, cause she's like, well, when did you start feeling like this for me? And he was, you know, he's, that that's pretty much when he pinpoints it is around that time. And you can just tell the way he looks at her, the way he responds, the way he doesn't want her in his space during so like, you know, no, you can't sleep in my room. Go away. <laughs> like, you know, he, he's very aware of his romantic feelings for her at that stage. She's not so much, but even when he says stuff like, well, then I'll marry you. Like the way she responds and it's very slight. The writer has a a very light type of thing where you have to just kind of watch it where she doesn't automatically be like, you know, that's crazy or you're my brother or whatever. She just kind of like looks at him and gives him looks of like, whatever, I don't get you, but that's, mm-hmm. that's another. And then when they come back together, um, later on, e- immediately you see his purpose of like, this is, this is what I'm set to do. And this is why I've come back. And it takes her a bit. Um, they have to gradually like move into that, that category of, liking each, you know, her seeing him differently, but it's, you can tell with the way that she looks at him, the way she responds that it, it's not that big of a a transition for her. She she just kind of has to like have that click in her head of like, Oh yeah, this is actually how I felt for a long time. I just have to acknowledge that. So, and Mm -hmm. they do, there's so many things that they could have done in a a very tropey way or a very like, Oh, this is just how things go. But every step of the way, her explaining her feelings to little big brother. And I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that there is a little bit of a triangle for a while. Um, but that the way that the conversations that she has, the way that they acknowledge each other, the way that they transition from one to the other, they do such a great job of being able to, to explain it and make it make sense. And, and I really appreciated that about this drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, ah, uh, it did such a good job, which kind of leads into the next question of why do we love the relationships in this drama so much? And I think that's, uh, the reason that I do, whether it's the father 
son or father daughter relationship, or if it's the, um, we'll exclude the mother relationships because there's <laughs> right. two different categories. There's like <laughs> the friends, because even her relationships with her friends, the girls that she ends up uh, living with later on and her coworkers and her uh, partner in her business and the, the fathers, the way that they interact with each other, there's just a very real grounded connection between all of them that they handle and, and discuss and talk things out. And they might hide things from each other for a while, but then they'll talk about it. Little big brother tends to hide things a little longer, I think, than some of the rest of them. But, you know, or both brothers actually kind of hide things, but I think they do it for self-preservation and and everything. So it makes sense. But I feel like that's why I liked the relationships in this drama is because the open communication um, really showed how to have a healthy relationship in real life. Again, you have to exclude the mothers from the conversation because <laughs> the mothers, no. the mothers very rarely fall into the category of healthy relationships. Now, those are also the relationships that needed the biggest growth and story arc, and some of them get them and some of them don't. It just depends on which character it is. But each character, whether it's the roommate girls or whatever, they had mommy issues too that they had to like work out. And so um, the relationships that are the center of it are really strong and realistic and connected. The other relationships, mommies are the ones that you kind of have to, that bring in the tension and the story arcs that need to grow and change, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to say, if you have, if you struggle with your relationship with your mom, they have a variety in here so you can get your catharsis with just <laughs> about any relationship. Yes. <sighs> yes. There's, there's a variety of bad mothers. <laughs> I know. Which, you know, is possible. And I can see it. Like there's a, one mom who was just a steamroller. Yeah. Like, Nobody knew as much as she did, and she was always right and stuff Moon like that. Beam. She was hard to watch. Moonbeam's mom? Yes, Moonbeam's yeah. mom. <laughs> oh, she was rough. Yeah. But, but again, yeah. she had a lot of room for growth and was used for um, that tension and that, you know, toward to the ending part of the drama. They used that as a Whereas the father's relationship didn't take a lot of, like there wasn't a lot of change and growth in their character relationships. The, the moms kind of got a lot of the change and growth. So mm -hmm. it wasn't all bad. And, and we were talking about it before. It just, it brings a balance because <coughs> everybody's going to have a variety of relationships in their life. Yeah. So you have the really solid grounded relationships with the dad and the really emotional and hurtful ones with the moms, but the kids can always go back to the dads for comfort and stability. And then they can, it kind of gives them the strength that they need to handle the relationships because, you know, at one point I was just like, don't talk to her anymore. Just cut her off. But, yeah. you know, that's not, that's just me and my independence and right. not in that culture because yeah. in that culture, family is prized, whether they're good to you or not. Yeah. And so it kind of showed how to make that balance between the stable relationships and the very not stable relationships. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit about Moonbeam, who is uh, Jan Jan's best friend. And she's and best friends from high school. Yes. From yeah. high school. 
in spite of the fact that Moonbeam's mom did not want her to, <laughs> to be friends with Jin Jin. Although once she started winning competitions, the mom was totally fine with her being friends with yeah, her. And when she saw that the brothers all both had good grades in school. <laughs> yeah, like, and then she was like, okay, now you can be friends. And it's just like, oh, get off your high horse. <laughs> yes. But we have a lot of good secondary characters mm-hmm. in the drama. We've got little big brother's best friend who is the lawyer. And I liked him because he was very grounded too. And yeah, he plays basketball with him in high school and then they're friends later on and he's a lawyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we've got big brother's little sister who was obnoxious, (sighs) but she had a growth arc that actually worked for me. She did. She did by the end. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, there are just so many and we call moonbeam moonbeam because I had to get it translated because they, so Jan Jan's best friend has a name. I think it's Min Yui. I don't yeah, remember. Something. I have to go look. And they call her Ling. They, Ling. I don't know. Yue Lui Liang. Okay. And I was just like, why is this? And so I have a friend who speaks Chinese and she's like, oh, it sounds like they started calling her Moonbeam. So that is why we call her Moonbeam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a character that um, like she, she had a lot of, whereas like, Jen Jen, she didn't have as much growth like to and change over the series. I mean, she with you know, she did once she got older, she became more grounded and stuff. But I think still think like her dad, she was pretty consistent throughout the drama. Moonbeam had a lot of growth and change that needed to happen because of like her mom was a, a steamroller and she was rolled over. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so she had a lot to work through. And I really liked her uh, her struggle as an adult that she went through. So I, I liked her story arc. And well, and just like Noodle Shop Dad, Jan Jan becomes kind of the stability and the safe place for Moonbeam to go back to yeah. after she's wrestled with her mom. And her other friend, her because the other friend who I can't remember her name is. Her name was actually really easy. It was like Chan Chan or something. They called her Ken Ken? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. She was the actress. And so, yeah, she's, uh, she also needed that stability from the, so you're right, you're right. She became the noodle shop dad of the adults. Because even for the, of the brothers, for everybody, she was just like that stability and consistency and, and strength and warmth instead, but she didn't make food. (laughs) (laughs) No, she, she she ate watermelon all the time. (laughs) <laughs> she did make wood carvings, yes. All right, so... We, <laughs> sorry, I haven't read the outline all the way through. We know K-Muse would want to know which dad is hotter. <laughs> I think I already told her this. Noodle Shop Dad. Hands down, Noodle Shop Dad. He is... Yeah. They they do those slow sequences with him cooking. And I actually had to look up to see him, like, has this dad been in, like, a lot of, like, historical dramas or something where he's possibly, like, the bad guy? No, he actually plays in, like dramas like this where I feel like a lot of his characters are the the dad and the um the divorced I've looked at there's several of his dramas where I feel like he falls in the category where he's like the divorced dad or the divorced person who ends up finding a new relationship or whatever but it's more of a a group uh ensemble cast dramas it looked like is what he's been in but gotcha yeah he's I mean the other dad is is a K drama dad, I pretty much. 
but for some reason the noodle shop dad is is the one that <laughs> so KMUs would know mm-hmm. noodle shop dad is <laughs> the one that would catch your eye <laughs> and there's well, no and evil would... there's no evil bad guy in in this at no, all to, no hot evil bad guy sorry <laughs> just the noodle shop dad <laughs> yeah and well i have to admit his headshot because i was just looking him up Mm-hmm. up on my drama list he yeah. looks like he could pull off an evil guy that's you know, why because that's the whole thing i looked uh, up his his headshot and i was like "Ooh, is he been an evil bad guy in a drama before <laughs> nope i didn't really see any that looked like he had been but i don't know yeah all right and so and then how fast did we watch the drama so for me i was like i said i was going through our conversation mm. And we started, I obviously, I started on September 1st because that's when we started talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I finished on September 11th. Oh. I'm going to guess I did not sleep a lot. <laughs> See, and I started before you and then I ended up finishing probably like the 13th or 14th or something like mm-hmm. that. Because I think I wanted to try to finish that next day because you finished like in the middle of the night or something. I think you stayed up and watched it. And then, so then the Saturday, last Saturday, I was like going to try to watch it. But I mean, last Saturday I had, um, evac, <laughs> maybe possibly evacuated families staying over here so that they didn't have to evacuate at the last minute. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, um, no, I, I have rat babies over here that I'm taking care of and then family. And it was, it was just, it was too much to try to finish. But, um, yeah, so I think I finished on like Monday or Tuesday and I watched, uh, the four episodes, I think all together trying to finish. And I was kind of happy I did cause the ending, um, was a good one to just kind of watch through the end all at once. And, yeah get all of that story arc out. And this one, I have not seen any word at all of a season two. I think that there is room for a season two. I think that some of the relationships that they kind of left, uh, open ended, um, could be explored more, but who knows if there will be, there's 40 episodes on Vicky. It mm-hmm. says 46 on my drama, uh, drama list, but that's because they, uh, Vicky pieced together the episodes differently than what aired. And so mm-hmm. that 40 on Vicky is, is the 40 that, that aired. And so I don't know if there'll be a season two or not. I would watch a season two. I totally would. Cause we, I want to see little big brother fall in love and I, I want to see how his, <laughs> his not siblings handle it. Yeah. I think and, a lawyer yeah. friend, <clears throat> his relationship status was definitely left to let all the friends. I think, well, the only relationship status that they confirmed really in the younger cast was the two main, you know, the, yeah. the two main ones. So there's still room for all the other ones to find love or whatever. <clears throat> and I felt like some of the parental relationships were, kind of taken care of fast in a way that they still have room to, to be able to change and grow if they did a season two. So, but, but if they don't do a season two and this is the season one, it ended closed enough that I am satisfied mm-hmm. with it. Oh yeah. It was a very satisfactory ending yeah. at first. I wasn't sure. Cause I wanted yeah. a certain event to happen. Then I was like, you know what? No, this works. Yeah. Cause yes. Again, it's more like slice of life because there mm-hmm. are going to be some loose ends dangling, but they weren't unsatisfying loose ends. Yeah. I mean, you know, the direction 
that the main relationship is headed in. Um, so there might not be, I, I personally felt that there were not enough kisses at the end or any main <laughs> yeah. kisses at the end. They kind of s- put them in a couple of episodes earlier and they all put them all in there and then they <laughs> stopped doing it. But so I could, you know, definitely go for some more OTP kisses, but I still think that it finished on a more family note. And that's what this drama was about was the family. So I was satisfied with that. Yes. And so would we recommend, I think that you already know that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, and then a lot of times they'll say, if you're this type of person or this type of watcher or whatever, I feel like this drama has, um, something for everybody because there's relationships and there's the slice of life and there's the family, you know, the family part of it. So I think that this is just a really good, uh, cathartic, just make you feel good drama that you can fit in while you're watching others, or you could be like us and binge it in a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, I intend because what I'll do is I'll watch dramas and if I really love them, I'll go back and I'll watch them with my teenage girls. And mm. I told them about this one. Like I told you, I told my 15 year old about <laughs> Jan Jan and her breakfast announcement. Yeah. And she was dying laughing. She's like, mom, this sounds good. I was like, okay, but it's also really heavy too. And so I told them both a little more and they both want to watch it. So that's our evenings for the next six weeks. Cause we're not watching multiple episodes, right? <laughs> but we're, we're going to, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this. Yeah. So that's how much I love it. We're going to do an immediate rewatch. so thank you for joining us for this episode feel free as always to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast on facebook on patreon wherever you find us because we'd love to hear your ideas and to know if you watch to go ahead as well if there's a specific actor or theme or show that you would like us to to discuss then let us know and just like i said earlier this was suggested to us by somebody so that is we love when people suggest dramas that that are must watch so please drop us a line if there's something like that and maybe it might end up being a podcast because we Mm -hmm. love blogging about asian dramas but behind the scenes we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you and talking is so much faster than typing Mm -hmm.